Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA team-focused podcasts, Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, guys, we are back beyond the ball. Coach EK and I were just talking off air about how long it's been since we've recorded an episode. Coach, how are you? Uh, I'm doing outstanding. First of all, I wanted to celebrate us and everybody involved with this podcast. We just had our last one that came out was number 50. So, um, and you know, we talk about this all the time when you and I are face to face and just, uh, how much joy just these conversations has brought us and, um, just being able to talk to individuals that are involved in this game and, and see how the game itself, because we saw that at camp this week has just served so many individuals and just to use this podcast as a platform just means the world. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you mentioning that. I didn't know if I wanted to celebrate 50 episodes or 52 because we've been trying to knock these out, you know, one a week. And that would have been a cool milestone. But man, the end of the school year just kind of got away from us. Mm. <laughs> and we lost track with time. Yes. I'm going to celebrate you. Yeah, you pretty busy in, in particular. Uh, got married over the last yes, couple of sir. weeks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To my best friend, Jackie. And, um, you know, uh, we were really looking forward to this day and having so many of our loved ones there to witness it at our house. It, it was a lot of planning and a lot of work, but, uh, you know, God did a, some great things in bringing us together. And I'm certainly grateful for everybody being there to witness it and having a, a great time with us. Yeah, it was a good day. I appreciate the invite to that, Shelly and I, my wife, Rochelle. Um, and our kids. We're very honored that you would invite us and of just had a great day. It was so nice out. The weather oh. was just unbelievable because you never know when you have a backyard wedding, you know, you always hope Absolutely. for good weather, but, but it always sometimes can get a little crazy. But yeah, so you were super busy, marriage plans, get, tying the knot and that whole thing. And, you know, I ended the year doing this ad thing since december and my responsibilities have finally come to a close and so you know just trying to get covid sports done and wrap things up for the next person who's coming in and taking Mm -hmm. over you know just kind of engulfed my time and i think that's my my celebration it's not so much that my time came to an end because i would love to still be doing that job but you know god has a different plan right now but just to celebrate the end of the year, spring season athletes, you know, taking their sports right up to graduation um, and all the craziness that goes with prom and sectional championships. Um, you know, we've been celebrating athletes and coaches and teachers throughout this whole thing. And I think as we wind this school year down 2021, 
I just need to celebrate those athletes one more time. I mm-hmm. mean, I was just really impressed with a lot of performances, like actual, like the, the games and the, the skills, but also just the mental toughness. Some, some of our teams were playing, baseball teams were playing five, six games in a week, multiple double right. headers, you know, and that's just such a grind on you physically and mentally um, that I think those kids and coaches deserve a little bit of a shout out too. Absolutely. And definitely to those individuals that, especially in New York State, that made sure, in, in no matter what the circumstance was, that these students and the student athletes uh, weren't going to learn lose too much of those precious experiences, those precious high school experiences through this COVID closure. And we're trying to their best to make sure that they, you know, got their seasons in and their proms and, and all of that, or as close to it as they possibly could. So celebrate those individuals for putting that work in too. Yeah, it's, um, I'm hoping that as we enter summer, you know, most of here in Western New York, our hospitalization rates are really low. Our positivity rate is lo- really low. The mass mandates seemingly are all gone. Um, so things seem really nor- normal. Um, some people are still wearing them, which is, is good, you know, if that is what makes them comfortable. And so having camp this week. You yeah, know, speaking of back to normal, wow. Wasn't it great? What, what a relief and, and what a great experience to for that to be our first time back with the game since, you know, we – we finished our season, but it was, you know, it didn't have the same feel as this week had. Yeah. Yeah. It had the feel of a normal first week of summer here in New York state. We always go to the Wilson basketball camp. The coaches there, coach simple coach Baker do such a great job organizing that. Um, and yeah, like the kids were just on fire, mm. like literally, I mean, the gym, <laughs> the gym, the gym felt like they it brought was the energy and, and, you know, mother nature certainly brought the heat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I just, I, my thing as we were going and I was thinking about this intro and talking about it, you know, I just wanted to celebrate all of the kids that just came to get better. I was so thoroughly impressed at every level, you know, our little ones, our little second graders, all the way up to our, you know, our seniors, all of the kids that just came in and just were willing to work. It's summer vacation. It's Mm -hmm. 95 degrees out, you know, and they're in the gym sweating and getting after it for like three hours at a time and doing stuff that they're not comfortable doing. It was definitely inspiring. Inspiring. I was inspired is what I was. Did you have a favorite moment from camp this week uh just you know i lead the the ball handling session at the beginning and to just see students without shaking their head without frustration trying all the new drills the drills that they could do at home you know for 10 15 minutes and and seeing the progression throughout the day throughout the the beginning of each and every day was just amazing, bringing a smile to my face. And like you could just see them smile and, and having a great time, knowing that they're improving. Uh, it's, it's just my, one of my favorite weeks of the year. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, such a great time. Uh, very thankful and appreciative to the Wilson coaches for letting me, letting us be part of it. Um, you know, the more and more of our kids that we get to go. There's just so many relationships that are being built 
you know, even though we're all mm-hmm. competitors, you know, you, myself, Brett, mm-hmm. we compete during the winter, you know, and ultimately are trying to beat one another in terms of the game. But I just love the fact that, you know, we can come together and steal ideas from each other and connect socially, you know, with our and get, you know, filled in on what each other's families are doing and how the kids are and, you know, things of that nature. It's just a great time. You know, I'll say this about Coach Baker and Coach Sippel at Wilson. They do a tremendous job. Um, and they've really built this up um, by being great listeners. You know, many of the coaches are like, hey, let's try this. Let's try this. And they're open to any ideas that we have. And, you know, they mix it in, in a perfect transition for the students and the student athletes. It's just a great camp to work. And then those two being the directors um, and their ability to just kind of like be very flexible and, and f- read the room. I, you know, we use that word uh, several times this week. It's just yeah. tremendous. Yeah, it's so it's so good. So I'm very thankful that for that. Very blessed um, with some opportunities closing, you know, some other opportunities opening up. And, you know, I'll be honest, if I'm speaking from the heart, I'm a little disappointed that I was not able to continue as athletic director. Um, but not being able to continue allowed me to work the camp this week. And mm-hmm. it was maybe one of the best, you know, experiences from a teaching learning perspective that it was normal and kids were engaged it was maybe the best week i've had um maybe in the last year yeah you know when you think about normalcy and no masks and no you know safety protocols not that we weren't being unsafe we were totally being safe but it was just the closest thing to normal in over a year and I don't know if I would have had that experience had life gone the other way. And so I'm just really thankful for that opportunity. So with that, let's segue. What's our verse for? Yeah, to, actually, and that's just a me? great transition because this is where my heart went. Uh, Philippians 3.13, just no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And everything that we've talked about in, in this little intro, it just speaks to this, you know, releasing your past by giving it to him, pressing on to reach, you know, the ultimate heavenly prize. And that's just being in his presence forever. And, you know, moving forward uh, past the COVID closures, looking forward to what what his great plan has for us. Um, and just, you know, working to serve him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't, I can't even follow it up with that. So let's transition. I think I kind of already said my piece. So let's transition. We're going to break here quick. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into our guest's faith journey tonight and kind of his job as the head coach at Houghton College. Uh, Lance Westberg is joining us. So let's break really quick. And when we come back, we'll talk to Coach Westberg. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y 
S-E.com. All right, guys, welcome back to Beyond the Ball. We are joined tonight, Coach E.K. and myself, by Houghton basketball coach Lance Westberg. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, yeah thanks absolutely. for coming on, Lance. Um, it's exciting times here, Justin and I. Episode number 51, excellent stuff here so far. And now, Lance, here at Beyond the Ball, we just want to celebrate individuals who, are, who serve love and care and use this platform um, to help others through this journey of faith and basketball. I, I noticed that you are not from around here. When I say around here, the Western New York, Rochester area where we tape out of, what brought you here? Yeah, I mean, uh, the two things your podcast is about, faith and basketball. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, it's it's really quite the story, you know, just over, over two years ago. Um, actually, yeah, just barely over two years ago at this time, I had actually never heard of Houghton College, and and um, I had been coaching in Wisconsin. I grew up in Wisconsin. I played in college in Minnesota um, at a school called Northwestern, which was a Division three Christian college um, around St. Paul. Uh, but anyways, my my um, athletic director uh, from when I played, um, he knew the athletic director here at Houghton College and, and heard they were hiring a coach and encouraged me to, to throw an application in. And so I looked up the school and saw a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, similarities to Northwestern, the school I went to. And I said, yeah, I'll look into it. And, you know, before we knew it, uh, an application turned into a Zoom call and before Zoom was cool. Um, and... <laughs> Then the, the Zoom call turned into a, an on-campus interview, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm packing my bags. And in August of 2019, I, I moved to Western New York and um, just, you know, been loving life out here. I really love the community at Houghton. Um, I'm learning the area of Western New York, so I'm really it's, – it's really a privilege to get to talk to you guys tonight as, as local high school coaches and, and guys that, that do a lot of great things in the, in the area here. Um, so – yeah, it's been a blessing. I mean, I didn't really expect COVID to be in a part of the, the experience here, but, you know, God will bring us to it. He'll bring us through it, right? Absolutely. And so, Coach, let me just kind of dive into that a little bit. Houghton, what, is, what was attractive to you? You know, you said it was similar to the high school you went to. What were some of those similarities that really caught your eye and made you feel like it was a good fit? Yeah, so Houghton's, I mean, it's a at its core, it's a private Christian liberal arts school, um, liberal arts college here. So, um, you know, that, that was a draw. I grew up in a college town. I grew up in River Falls, Wisconsin. So there's a, um, there's a division three school there, um, pretty strong basketball history. Um, and I also got to, got to coach there for five years. And so, um, about my fourth year, fourth to fifth year, I was, I was getting my master's degree in coaching and I knew that I, um, I knew that I wanted to get into coaching and like my dream job was going to be to be the head coach in River Falls, Wisconsin, where I grew up. Um, just a real, real good situation there. Love the community. And, you know, my other like, dream spot would have been the school that I went to, which was Northwestern. And well, Houghton was, is very closely aligned to, uh, to Northwestern as, as a Christian college. And actually even like the layout of the campus is, is strangely uh, similar, but, um, you know, quality academics and a place that, you know, place for the glory of God. And that's, that's part of our, our mission here. And, and so, yeah. And then the opportunity to be a head college basketball coach, I mean, I got hired at the age of 28. And so I felt like that was really an, an uncommon opportunity. And, and, um, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that want to do it. So I, I try to just treat every day like it's a, like it's a blessing and, 
Um, I heard a coach one day say, like, you should treat every day like you're working at Duke. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't really matter what level or what, what school you're at. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I showed up to the interview, interviewing like I was interviewing to be the president of the United States. Like, I thought it was the biggest thing. And, and it's been a real, real blessing to be here. And, and um, yeah, been loving it. So. Lance, did you know early that you wanted to use basketball as your vehicle? Like it was a, like um, fall in love with it in, in high school and you, you knew that um, maybe a college experience is, was the route you wanted to go? I always knew I wanted to play college basketball. I grew up um, I grew up going to all the home basketball games at Wisconsin River Falls. I had this tradition. They played Wednesday, Saturday there. So every Wednesday, Saturday, they had a home game. I'd sit about three or four uh, rose up behind the opponents and I mean I'm in elementary school at the time and you know I got my bag of Skittles and bottle of water each game and just fell in love with the division three college basketball game so that was always kind of my goal to make it to that level um, and you know worked really hard I played football and basketball uh, football basketball and baseball so you know I played some other sports too but um, yeah I, I always knew I wanted to play college basketball and and uh, God made me you know just over six three and not particularly uh, laterally quick and kind of my teammates would always call me a, a below the rim guy. Um, but uh, yeah, ability, an ability to shoot the ball and, and just uh, a dedication to try hard uh, opened up a door to play division three basketball. So I was, I was fortunate for that. Um, and yeah, coaching thing kind of came out later. I got into coaching AAU um, when I was a junior in college, and then my passion for, for coaching just kind of exploded um, from that. I got into high school coaching for a year um, at the JV level, and then an opportunity opened up um, to be a uh, like a stipend assistant coach at Wisconsin River Falls, and then um, yeah, did that for five years, loved it, um, and wanted to do it full time. I was actually also a teacher, like you guys. So um, I taught high school math. That's what my degree was in. Oh. So uh, I taught algebra two and um, trigonometry and statistics and things like that. So that was that was uh, a big part of my my experience. Um, but um, but yeah, I. You know, you guys know coaching is just like teaching, right? So um, I just like teaching post-entry angles a little bit more than than solving triangles. So <laughs> <laughs> all about angles, just the right angles, right? <laughs> the the uh, so your your ability to teach, and obviously, when we know as educators and coaches, you, your why, if your heart is in the right place, is all about serving those kids. Was that always something that you had in you, like as a as a student at a younger age, like that ability to just be a good teammate and try to, you know, you said try really hard and like develop that work ethic. Is that something that you kind of always remember yourself doing? Where did that come from? Kind of fill us in on that journey as a younger player. Yeah, I think I really, um, I really fell in love with being a facilitator of basketball opportunities um and so i was always the guy and this was these were the days when um i didn't have like a texting plan in high school um uh, so yeah that that was kind of my upbringing so we had to actually get on the phone and, and call guys and say hey guys you know three o'clock we're playing pickup at, at this court and, and kind of make like a phone tree um with it so that that makes me feel old in today's era of the the group text or like my guys do now they text it on snapchat or snapchat message it or whatever they do and so so yeah back in the days of calling i'd always facilitate uh basketball opportunities um on the court i was i preferred to shoot it more than pass it and my teammates will be the first to tell you that but uh <laughs> um yeah i mean 
yeah, I just really enjoyed getting guys together and, and being around the gym, playing, competing, um, spending that, that quality time together. Um, loved, yeah, just loved getting up and down. And I, I didn't play AAU. That was the one thing that if I had to go back and do life again, I mean, I wish I would have got into that scene a little bit, but I played basketball, baseball, football. So I was busy doing that. And so I didn't really know a lot about like the, the recruiting scene and what it took to go to college um, and play. And so uh, somebody told me once, I couldn't even tell you who, but they told me, um, you know, if you're good, somebody will find you. And so just just keep working hard and do your thing and, and somebody's going to find you. That's their job. And so uh, luckily enough, you know, some, some coaches found me and I landed at the right place. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I that kind of stemmed into to what I do now. I love helping kids find a basketball opportunity and get them a chance to, to get in the gym and, and play the game, but not even just for, you know, what the scoreboard will say, but for the, the person that it, the game can help people become. Um, and that's, that's really my big takeaway. Like, you know, nobody really cares about the wins or the, you know, the, the scores or the the titles or whatever. Like we lost the pieces of net already that we, that we cut down and stuff. Like it's about the friendships, the guys that stand in your wedding with you and, and uh, the guys you stay in touch with on a day to day. So you mentioned basketball opportunity a couple times and also the ability to shoot the ball. Is that something that you believe is sort of like a separator from the high school level to the college level is that ability to shoot the ball? Like if you can shoot the ball, there's an opportunity for you. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody, um, if you can shoot the ball, um, you can probably find some sort of a role. Um, now, you know, as, as I say that, I'm probably a little bit biased because that was kind of kind of my role. Like, I think everybody has to be able to defend if you're going to get on the floor. And there's a lot of guys that can shoot the ball that, like, could make teams. So, we, you know, every guy that comes into college pretty much can shoot the basketball. But, uh, you know, it's really who can guard at a high level is what it, what it gets guys on the floor. But, but, yeah, being able to shoot the ball really well, that can get you on a team for sure. So, Coach, when developing some of your shooters or even recruiting, you know, I, being local in the area, Eric and I know Houghton a little bit. And, you know, it kind of gets lost down there in the southern part of New York, western New York. What do you – emphasizing when you recruit are you and I think you kind of alluded to it you know you got to play some defense you should be able to shoot but Houghton being that private you know more faith-based school how does that recruiting approach take shape for you yeah Houghton's uh Houghton's a, a niche school you know people either either love it or they don't you know it's really it's really one of the two um so you know we when we recruit kids, I mean, guys are really, really interesting because they'll go anywhere for, for a basketball opportunity and to play college basketball. Like there's just a limited number of spots and a, a huge number of, of guys that want to do it out of high school. Um, but we really challenge guys to find like the best fit. So sometimes we'll even with a good player, we'll tell them like, hey, like make sure that you fully look into the school and you you talk to a professor and you learn about your major and, and you come visit and see what it's like to go to chapel on campus and, you know, spend time with our guys and, you know, know that after a game, we're going to circle up with our opponents, win or lose. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to pray for them and wish them well, you know, for, you know, their, their remainder of the season and pray for good health for them and stuff like that. And that's just what the environment's going to be. We're going to have devotionals every day. Um, and, you know, we're going to, we're not going to practice on Sundays because that's just not what we do here. So, um, so yeah, we, we try to really sell like the full picture of, 
of what we are and what comes with um, coming to Houghton. But we also sell it as a real positive. Like Houghton, you're right. It is a really rural area down here in New York. Uh, you know, we're not right next to a major city, but we're driving distance to a lot of different major cities. So um, we always... We always tell guys it's a great place to focus. I don't think anybody goes to college and ever regrets like working really hard in the classroom and you know pouring themselves into basketball and investing a ton of time in their teammates. Like as people list off their college regrets, those usually aren't aren't at the top of the list. So you know at the same point in time, it doesn't uh, appeal to some kids the way that other other schools might have certain things that that draw them but that's our thing you know it's it's developing men and and you know developing future employees and and husbands and fathers and you know guys that are going to impact their community um, and guys that are going to really leave here like understanding who they are you know knowing that you know we are we are God's children and you know we've been been bought with the blood of Christ and and we want we want guys to kind of have that identity and in, in that and not have their identity in the fact that they scored 12.6 points per game like big deal right so you know we want guys to, to see the bigger picture here yeah coach I love that and so we're and what I'm thinking as I listen to you there obviously when you're getting ready to take that job my assumption is is that obviously the faith piece for you must have been pretty strong because that might be an awkward situation to come into if your faith isn't very strong. Would you agree with that? It's, uh, I mean, I'm still growing and, and still learning. I mean, I, I, you, you guys know it's, it's a journey. And once you think you've made it, then you're, you've just lost track of reality because we never like fully, you know, maximize, you know, who we can be, but it's, it's a journey and God's, you know, God's working, working in my life. And actually coaching here has been a really good thing for me because, um, it's kind of challenged me to, um, you know, to, to live a certain way and to lead these, lead these guys, um, a certain way. So, um, I got a great example from, uh, my coach, Tim Gross at the university of Northwestern and, um, and yeah, I got to see what a what a program looks like that puts God first and you know does things does things the right way and and uh, we got to win a lot of games doing it. So I had a great experience uh, with it and built great relationships and we had real positive team culture and and that was awesome. So I've seen it done at a at a high level in Division Three. Uh, we were fortunate. We got to. We, we won our conference three times, so we got to play in three NCAA tournaments, and we lost to the eventual NCAA championships in Division Three two of those three years. So um, that's the downside of being a lower seed, but uh, um, that's that's the nature of it. But, um, yeah, I, I got to live um, a real successful Christian college D3 experience, and so I know it can be done, and I've kind of brought that vision here to Houghton, and so... Some things are similar to what's been going on here, but but some things are different too. So, you know, it's been a, a process of implementing some new ideas without doing too much new. And then in this last year, as you guys know, everything was new, right? Nobody right. nobody knew how to coach in COVID, you know, exactly. So um, right. how we utilize Zoom and non-contact practices and masks and everything. So that was a, that was a whole different uh that was a whole different thing, but coach, let me follow up with one more there. Cause I'm, we're in the process and my children just got done, um, with like an FCA, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes training camp. And so it's pretty, our faith in our household is pretty strong. And, you know, we try to live what all the stuff you just said, just, you know, a, a God fearing life. 
but it, it's a challenge, right? So as a dad of four, some teenagers in there and some younger kids, some of the challenges that I see my kids facing trying to live out their life that way and not necessarily be, I don't want to use the word ashamed because I don't think we are, but, you know, maybe a little hesitant to, to live yourself uh, or you live your life clearly and in the, you know, in the presence of God. Do you see those same challenges with your athletes? And are there any things that, any ways that you like help guide them through that, that maybe you could share with some of our younger listeners that maybe are going through some of those same situations? Yeah, I think our, our guys, obviously, you know, even though we're, we're in a fairly, fairly rural area and a little bit more remote out here, although it is extremely scenic and beautiful, but, um, you know, our guys are still on, on social media and, and all that stuff. And I am too. So, you know, there's a, there's a verse that says that instructs us to live in the world, but not to be of the world. And so our guys see what typical college looks like. Right. And so, you know, I'm, they all have some influences on, you know, what their high school buddies might be doing or, you know, what the world tells us college kids should be, should be doing or, or uh, how they should be living their life. And, and I give our guys a ton of credit because they come to Houghton, you know, knowing what, um, knowing, knowing that we are a, a real intentionally Christian college where, you know, the purpose of our, our atmosphere here is to create growth and to create challenging conversation and, and put, put people in a situation where they can maximize uh, their growth and their walk with the Lord. So, um, you know, it's, we use the word growth a lot, but it's not always linear growth, right? And um, sometimes it's sometimes it's more like the stock market. You know, it, it's up and down. Um, and you know, some days you know we're we're drawn a lot closer to the Lord, um, and other days you know we wander. But you know, by His grace, you know He calls us back and and picks us up when we fall short, and we all do fall short. So you know, there's no denying that. But um, being in a, being in an environment with a group of guys that you know, want to hold each other to a high standard and, and legitimately care about each other. You know, that's, that's a really great environment to be in, um, especially when we, when we get a little deeper with our team. Um, so, you know, when, when we do fall short, we have a lot of great conversations about, you know, what it, le- what it looks like to, to be a Christian student athlete, you know, how we, how we give each other grace, but also can hold each other accountable at the same time. Um, and we do it all out of love. So, yeah, Lance, you kind of um, answered my next question I was going to ask you, and and it had to have been such a difficult transition trying to get back into the gym with these athletes during the COVID closure and the pause. Um, but again, how difficult or not that difficult do you think it was with your journey and how, how you're focused on the Lord and, and what the Lord's path has for you and your players? Was it to like build that culture you know and everybody talks about culture and like college basketball but uh you know for you guys to go do it together and then to see you know focused on the real plan in life it had to have been much easier would you say yeah i think having uh having that perspective of of knowing who we are and knowing that that our identity is not in you know our number of of wins and losses or or anything like that um you know there there's a little bit of relief there, like big picture, but selfishly, like we wanted to play more than anybody. We felt like we, we came here um, with something to improve. Um, and so when I say we, I mean, I talk about my coaching staff and our players. We have a, we have a really unique uh, team dynamic. So 
Um, I moved out here from Wisconsin this last year. My my two assistants um, came. One, came, I got him out of a high school in Phoenix, Arizona, and he did an awesome job for two years. Actually, just got hired uh, full-time at the Division II level um, at Purdue Northwest, which is in Indiana. And my other assistant coach uh, came here from Houston, Texas. And so we have a group of guys, if you check out our roster, we have guys from like 12 different states and, and um, actually like three different countries. So next year will be four. But uh, yeah, it's, right. it's a really, really diverse group with where our, our world is today. I think that's super valuable uh, for a group of guys to learn how to bond and connect and grow um, with people that look different than them or have different different family traditions and grow up in just a different environment than them. It's a challenge to, to uh, build a culture in that kind of environment. It's not like the easy way per se, but I think there's a ton of value in it. And so, you know, it was to answer your question here, COVID was really hard. You know, it's hard to develop real meaningful connections over zoom. um, Especially when you're, when you're 18 to 22, (laughs) like, um, they do Zoom all day for class. That's that's not what they want to do in the afternoon. Um, and to be honest, as as guys, as men, as competitors, like as much as two guys shooting alone at the same basket is fun, right? Or playing, you know, playing horse or something like, um, or going through shooting drills. There's something about competing and playing five on five and really getting after it, you know, that you know really brings guys together. So yeah, we look for any avenue to do that when we get older, you know. So you can only imagine how eager they were get you know, were getting at that point, you know, just to get out there and compete. Now, um, I wanted to follow up because uh, earlier in the in the pod, you mentioned that you knew what winning looked like and that you wanted to bring it here to Houghton. Uh, what were the first maybe one or two things you could you know share with our listeners that was on the top of your list that you wanted to to bring to Houghton and, and establish? Yeah. So in it's a little bit different here in the Northeast. There, there's some teams that do this in the Midwest. This is a really big concept. Um, and I don't know what state it cuts off at, but it's, it's just not as big. I think it's developing out here. And that's like developmental college programs, uh, you know, within basketball programs and especially amongst private schools. You know, they like the idea of, of growing rosters. But Houghton, I came in, they had a roster of about 14 guys, which is a typical college basketball roster. Um and my the way I looked at it, I basically said if everything stays the same around here, and St. John Fisher gets the kids that they'll typically get, and Nazareth Nazareth gets the the kids they typically get, and we get the kids we typically get, we're going to pretty much stay where we're at. Um, and you know, running a certain style motion offense isn't going to make us leaps and bounds better than if we ran the Princeton. You know what I mean? Um, so. I didn't think it was so much X's and O's. I thought it was more about player development. And so, and I, and I really do believe that strongly. So we grew our roster, um, recruited a big group in, in the class of 2020. And unfortunately we recruited them right into a pandemic, right? So really challenging year to, to start a college experience, but um, you know, we'll, we'll fortify um, with some, some guys this year and like to operate and have a, an environment where, yeah, our varsity guys get to play, but, and you guys know, as coaches, it's hard to rotate much more than 10 guys, um, you know, and, and to get them good, like game experience. And at the D three level, when guys are paying for school, like it's, it's really important to them to be, to be valued and be getting good experience. So I wanted to bring, to bring like a, an element of guys playing JV games. So I'm really excited to get to do that this year at our level. 
Uh, we're going to play against some junior colleges, some other D3 schools. We're going to play against uh, Roberts Wesleyan uh, Division Two. Uh, they have a JV program. So there's some schools that have it, and I'm just really excited to use that that opportunity to develop some of our some of our guys that maybe aren't you know top end varsity ready, so that when their their time comes and they are ready, you know, they're they're more confident in their abilities. And uh, it's a great teaching tool as well. You know, we'll film it and treat it like a, uh, you know, just like a regular program. And and so guys can learn from that. And I'm excited about letting my assistant coaches grow too and, you know, move over a chair and get to get to coach these guys up and, and run their show. So um, I think there's there's a lot of good in it. And, and I was a product of that myself. I, I went to college as a freshman and um, you know, I, I didn't get to play much. <laughs> like that, That's plain and simple. But I got to develop and get experience playing against other freshmen and sophomores and eventually grew into a, you know, pretty successful, you know, college player. So um, I just see a ton of value in it. And I'm excited to bring that to Houghton. Lance, I appreciate that comment because I also played just a year um, at the Division three level. And I was in the same boat. I came out of a small school you know, not a very high level of competition other than our count- my counterpart here, Coach Klump, who was a high school rival of mine. But, you know, other than that, the competition level wasn't so great. So when I went to, to college, that JV program that I had an opportunity to play on my freshman year really allowed me to see if I wanted to stay with it or you know, change the direction of my life, which ultimately put me into coaching high school, which was great. But if I remember correctly, I, I feel like that experience for me of playing on that JV team never really hit home for me as being a valuable part. And so I, my question to you, and I don't mean to catch you too off guard, what would be some of the ways that you know, you would make those kids that are there and not getting to play on that quote unquote varsity team still feel a part of that program. Because I'll be honest, I did not have that experience. I I valued playing on the JV and it was fun because I got to play a little bit, but I never really still felt the connection to the program. And maybe that was me as a 19 year old. Maybe that was the coaching staff. I don't there's no blame to be placed there, but I'm just interested to see your take on that, how you're going to try to keep everybody connected. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of different uh, models for running the, the JV programs. I was fortunate to be in a model where, where we did feel very connected um, when I played. We all practiced as, as one group and, um, you know, we our varsity guys would come support the the JV guys, you know, in, in, in games when they could. And, and, you know, it, it was just, uh, I don't know. I got, I got a lot out of it. Um, but I know there are some programs where the JV is going to, their schools, colleges where the, the JV will practice separately and they'll never get seen by their head coach, you know, during that year. So they treat it kind of as a dumping ground. Um, but we want to be very inclusive with it and, and, you know, use it as a tool for guys to, to gain valuable experience. And, um, you know, like we, we try to do it at a little higher level. Um, and the ultimate goal here is it's, you know, you're not going to turn your, your 18th guy on the roster into your second best player overnight, you know, but, um, you know, if we can, we always say like, if we can, you know, get the, you know, maybe our, our guys six or 10, our second line of guys better the next year, that just gives us more depth and, and, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be stronger holistically. 
because um, I mean, as much as we we wish we could, we're not we're not bringing in a bunch of D one transfers all the time here at Houghton, and that's probably not a huge reality. So um, yeah, we're really really big on developing within, and you know, you guys know the the four years of college just go by so fast. So um, and at the Division three level, we have certain rules like our we can start working with our guys October 15th and we can coach them until the end of uh, end of the NCAA tournament. So it's like, man, we want to capitalize on as many of those days as possible. So, you know, if, if we have a varsity game one day, we'll, we'll bring the JV guys in and give them a good workout scrimmage in our squad. So they can, you know, they can use that day to get better um, and not, not use that as a day to get overlooked. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, it'll be year one rolling it out this year. So I'm excited to add that element and have that kind of depth. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, we'll we'll find out um, how it goes and and we'll we'll adapt as we go. Lance, one of the things that is very popular right now is just player development and almost like a personalized one-on-one um, player workout. Um, when you bring your college level players in. Um, and I'm sure every individual is different, but just like, let's say, uh, a point guard, what are, is it majority of, of shooting? Is it majority ball handling? What are, what's like a one-on-one session for about 40 minutes look like, uh, with your, you and your coaching staff? Sure. It's, um, it's usually dependent on position. So we, we kind of split our guys into three positions. Um, they're either, either point guards, um, they're wings or they're bigs, right? So a point guard, you know, workout is, is going to involve a lot of, a lot of, you know, open court ball handling. It's going to involve a lot of ball screen usage and making different reads off ball screens. Uh, then obviously, you know, every, every position is going to get their shooting in, you know, that's, that's very important, but wings, you know, it's, it's more, um, catching the ball off different screens, finding ways to get open off the ball and create good looks, um, first step type stuff, different types of finishes and, you know, going from, you know, a two foot finish to, you know, when is a one foot finish a little bit better? When do we want to stride stop and pivot away from contact and things like that? Our bigs, we want them to, you know, obviously work a little bit of back to the basket, but then we want to you know, ha- you know, have their go-to move and their counter move. And, you know, we also want them to look for other spots in games where they might get some shots. So if we have a certain action we like to run where, you know, it's a wing, you know, pick and roll, you know, ball going to the middle, you know, maybe we want to work on that, that pick and roll and have them, have them roll to kind of the short corner. Right. And our bigs aren't, aren't as big as some guys in our league. So maybe we want them to catch it short corner and shoot or work some pick and pop stuff. Um, so we try to, we try to have our workouts apply to something we do in our offensive system, um, you know, based on position. You know, I just wanted to follow up. Like you, you said, a lot of ball screen work, and it seems like um, at least at the high school level, a lot of teams run the continuous ball screen. Um, it got very popular. Uh, just to pick your brain, what do you think is something that is next, I guess I could say, on um, the popularity list where like a lot of teams will start running this. Is there something that you see at the college level where it's started to trickle down from say the pros or European where you're like, wow, a lot of teams are starting to do this with a lot of success. Yeah. I I see fewer and fewer posts that, that really want to play physical inside. I see a lot more five out. Um, and that's maybe just the nature of there's, there's more small guys out there than, than big guys. Um, and so, that could be somewhat inevitable um, out on the road and watching different, 
different places. I see more more dribble drive offense, uh, especially especially a little bit more out here out east. I think um, in the Midwest the pace was a little bit slower, and it was a lot more a lot more off ball screening going on within different motions, and then. Um, you know, I, there was a lot more utilization of the post, the low post play. So, yeah, out here it's been a been a little bit different. But um, obviously, if if we look to the NBA for some sort of trickle down, I mean, um, there's a there's an action called pistol action, like kind of quick entries, early offense um, that I imagine we'll see more and more of. But yeah, it seems like seems like everybody who's getting into the analytics movement uh, seems to be all about like all about shot selection and creating offense that's going to get you a high percentage or high efficiency, you know, looks at the rim or feet set threes, you know? So, um, now do you guys do some of that stuff in, in your high school programs? Do you look at the analytics and say, Hey, how can we get more threes and more, more attempts at the rim? Go ahead, Eric. Eric, you can answer that one first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Justin and I share the same philosophy and, in the sense that, um, you know, transition defense is one of the hardest things to coach and cover in the game. And if you can get up the court and get an early shot, like like you just said, Lance, with the feet, feet set and the, uh, defense not ready, I mean, let's take it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think part of us, and here's my my concern, and not concern, but maybe thought as I'm listening to you, Lance, about moving here east, the style of play maybe change, which I find really interesting hearing from a coach that's coached in the Midwest, because all we kind of see you know, out east is, you know, the teams that we see on TV regionally, like we see Syracuse play or we'll see, you know, some ACC or some former Big East teams play. So we kind of see more of, like you said, that dribble drive. And it really takes a, a, a avid fan to check out what's going out on in the rest of the country in different parts of the world. So my biggest thing in terms of what we do is predicated on the talent. Coach and I both coach at fairly small rural schools. You know, we don't have, you know, if we make cuts at all, it's like one or two kids, right? We're not cutting like 20 kids. So the talent really isn't there for us to kind of say, this is what we're going to do. And we want to run like pistols that you mentioned in the NBA is such a great, you know, quick strike action. But if you don't have the guys that can run that, that's kind of, you know, a mute point. So that kind of leads me to my next question for you. Do you find yourself in the position where you're getting to the point where you're recruiting to what you want to coach? Or are you still in this mode of maybe tweaking your system to the guys that are coming in? Yeah, I try to be adaptable with with what we're able to do. And part of that um, is is being at Houghton as a, as a niche college. You know, if I were to go to a big recruiting um, showcase – to be honest, every kid doesn't want to go to a Christian college at that showcase. So obviously, we're going to look for we're going to look for talented basketball players first, but realize that pool is going to be narrowed by you know someone who right. wants to go to a school in a kind of a rural location and at the, at the Division three level at a private school where they're going to pay some money and and um, you know in, in a, a strong Christian college environment. So um, that's a it's an interesting dynamic in in how we we recruit. And so we're going to try to get the best players we can. Um, and that's just where we're at as a, as a program right now. And we'll modify what we do, you know, a little bit, um, you know, to meet our personnel's needs. Um, but at the same point in time, you want to have somewhat of an identity, right? So, um, 
you know, we want to play, everybody says they want to play fast, right? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we want to play, we want to push the ball and be opportunistic when we can. And, and uh, we want to be, take pride in our man-to-man defense and, you know, sprinkle in our other, our other gimmicks um, as secondary types of things. We don't want to live too gimmicky, right? Um, like we want to take pride in our base defense, but, um, but yeah. I think, Coach, if I could then, and this is typically beyond the ball, but I, you have me intrigued now. So what do you typically like to do without giving away, you know, the whole playbook? What is, what's your way of playing? Like how do you – like if you could get whatever guys you wanted. You said we always want to play fast, but what would be some of your, you know, highlighted concepts that you might run with your squad if you had the choice? Yeah, I, I really like um... – I really like running a secondary break, um, and so guys can flow into it quickly and and kind of seamlessly. And then I like rolling from that into kind of a motion style. I like four out, one in. I like having a good banger post player that we can work through. And I know the game's moving to more five out, but I'm a little probably stubborn and saying, like, I really want to have a slugger in there. Um, and so I do like that. Um, I love the... I love a lot of the middle third actions, some of the horn stuff and uh, some roll and replace actions. I think that's a, that's a hard thing to guard. Um, but I think anytime you can create situations, um, you know, with, with combo screens where you can like screen the screener, you know, we do that in different sets or set packages. I think those are just hard things to guard because they require a lot of communication. So, um, so that's what we, that's what we try to do. Yeah, Coach, I love it. So good. So we talk about guarding multiple. Coach and I, when we have our, you know, just personal conversations, guarding multiple actions is such a crucial thing. And so I I love hearing you say that at the college level because it's probably very valuable to be able to do that. And then when you bring that to our level, I know Coach is always putting my teams because we coach against each other. He's always putting my players in very difficult situations where they're they're trying to bump a cutter and then get through a pin down. So those are some difficult things to handle. So that was multiple actions. And I really respect what you say there about keeping, you know, a banger inside and going four out, one in because, you know, Coach Klump, one of his things is always – you know, try when everybody else is throwing fastballs, you know, sometimes in order to be successful, you got to be able to throw a different pitch, right? If everybody's playing full speed, up tempo, five guards, maybe you do play a big guy and, and work. There's more than one way to, to win a basketball game. And so I love that. I, we don't have a lot of big guys at my high school, but when we do, we try to utilize them the best that we can. So that's just a great comment that I appreciate you stating. Uh, thanks. So Lance, being from Wisconsin, are you a Packers fan? I am a Packers fan. I am. Okay, so when you now, now that you're here in Bill's country, have, have we rubbed <laughs> off on you a little bit? You have. I'd say, you know, they're in two different leagues, so I don't feel too guilty having a, uh, an NFC team and a, an AFC team. I think, uh, I think fundamentally they're kind of similar, um, smaller market, blue-collar organizations. And so – yeah, I appreciate that about the Bills, and I probably have to like the Bills because actually the the owners, the the Kirpagula family, uh, they're uh, one of them's a, a graduate of Houghton College, so uh, I actually am obligated probably to be a Bills fan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you earlier about the similarities or difference, the big time differences about the move um, to the Western New York area. Can share? Can you share some of those from the Wisconsin area? 
Sure. I mean, yeah, geographically, I mean, it's it's real similar. Uh, you know, so the the weather is about the same. The scenery's you know pretty similar. So not a not a ton of differences. Um, I probably have a little bit of a Midwestern accent, and I always think that Northeasterners probably have a little bit of a Northeastern accent. But yeah, for the most part, it's 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 real similar. So um, yeah, except for better chicken wings, right? The chicken wings are more prevalent out here uh, and probably a little bit better. Uh, the cheese curds probably have the edge in Wisconsin. So. Nice. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, thank you for you sharing the, the truth here. Out there. Uh, I, and I, I already know the answer to this, but because you're not from Western New York, you probably eat ranch with your wings, correct? Um, yeah, I have uh, traditionally. Uh, have you experimented with the blue cheese? I have, As yeah. A, and what do you think? I think it's solid, you know, it's, um, it's something I would definitely mix into the rotation. You know, you, you can't get too predictable. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Being Western New York born and raised, predictability is kind of our thing when it comes to chicken wings, but we'll take it. We'll take it. Give us a, give us a hidden gem down in the Houghton area for food. Yeah. Hmm. A hidden gem. Boy, there's a there's a place that we like to order from. It's called Nevi's Pizza. You drive by it, and it kind of looks like, a, or excuse me, um, it's like a grocery store, convenience store type thing. But they have pizzas and subs, and they have a really unique sweet sauce to their pizza um, that I've yeah. I've never had anything quite like it. So, um, so Nevi's um, is the the spot I'm going to give my recommendation to today. I- I actually think my wife, when we were down there for an AAU tournament about a month ago, my wife and my daughters were, um, and I think they met, they stopped there. I think that's where they got food. That is, it's pretty good. They said it was really good down there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So coach, we don't want to keep you all night. So let me wrap up with one more because we have had some other guests on, you know, that do different things in athletics. And this one guest was a Packers beat writer. Uh, he's a Western New York kid, Tyler Dunn. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tyler before. He's a writer for the writer for the Bills now. He kind of does his own thing, but he he is a like insider, I would say, in the Packers thing. And he has Aaron Rodgers leaving. What is your gut reaction to that? Do you think it's going to happen? Not? Are you okay with it? How you feel about that? Man, I. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, man, you know, whatever, whatever he feels is the right thing. So I don't, I'm not going to let Aaron Rodgers dictate how I, how I live my days. But, uh, you know, as a Packer fan, I think they're better with him. But, you know, at some point, if there becomes to be too much drama, you know, you might just have to move on. So, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a strong inkling one way or another. But. Yeah. But so as a, so as a fan, you're, you're all in on the team. So if he moves on. You just you just move on with the team. Yeah, yeah, I, I would stay a pa- I would stay a Packers fan if, if Aaron Rodgers moved on. So I'd be disappointed if he left, but that's sometimes that's how it goes in in the pro ranks. Yeah, absolutely. We'd be we'd be in the same boat for sure, Coach. Uh, listen, I want to just take a second and thank you so much. Thanks for answering some of those fun questions for us at the end. We really appreciate you coming on, sharing your story, and sharing some insight. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I'm I'm glad you you reached out, and I love what you're doing on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. All right, thanks, Coach. Hey, good luck this year as you get back into full swing with the guys, and I hope you have a wonderful season, and God bless. Hey, thank you. You as well. 
Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten.